Legend has it that it was written by the Dark One. The box. You opened it. We came. Where are you going? Gotta return some video. Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is... What's your pleasure, Mr. Cotton? The box. Take it. It's yours. It always was. We are. Oh, we were back. Yes. Oh, okay. We're live. We should have a like a you know one of those light bulbs where it says That'd be that sick. red light bulb and yeah. click it on. I would always wanted to get one of those in front of my office. It's like, no one will knock on the fucking door yeah. or anything like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, but, uh... What's your pleasure, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we watched Hellraiser, which was my first time of seeing it. So, initial initial reaction. Uh, I would say that this is a horror movie. You know how I was saying before with The Fly, I was like, this seems more like sci-fi. Text mm-hmm. um, Ch- Chainsaw Massacre, I would say, was... Horror, but kind of like silly horror, almost very silly. And then this was like this was just horror. Like this was what I would consider a horror movie. Like when I think of horror movie, this is it. Yeah, and it's not the kind of horror movie that you would think that would be in the same realm as Freddy Krueger or no. Jason. This is like serious, dark horror movie. Yeah, it's it's kind of twisted and. Uh, just like more goriness, uh, kind of like disturbingness to it. A lot it's of got disturbing a lot of maggots scenes. in it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff on the floor and on the cabinets that yeah, drives goo, you nuts. <laughs> oozing goo and intestines and ooze. Ooze is something that I think is pretty universal when it comes to just the nasty factor. I think so because nobody <laughs> nobody likes slime, right? When like you touch something that's slimy, it's like ew, gross. So when you see that on. You know, whatever you're thinking the same it's, thing, you get it, that kind of same reaction. It's like when you have a fucking cut or something like yep. that, and you you pour the peroxide on it, and it Ass. fucking oozes up. Yep. Or a scab is coming open, and there's fucking that weird ooze that comes out out of your scab. Yeah, it's fucking gross. It is. And wh- what is it? Why is it clear coming out of the fucking scab? I don't know. <laughs> you think there'd be blood or something coming out of there? It's gross though. <laughs> it's fucking nasty. So, yeah, this is the Do By Midnight podcast. Do By Midnight, yeah. Episode 3. We chose a really good movie for episode 3, I think. I think so. And this is like, I think, you know, when you have a CD or something like that, usually like the third song is, is like the, the hit song or something like that, or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in there. I think this is our same type of thing. Like, this is our, our kind of our, uh, what do you call that? I wouldn't say hit podcast, but this is like <laughs> this is like the horror. We're watching movie a good that, horror movie. This yeah, time. this is like. I mean, I like one. The Fly. Texas Chainsaw's meh. Yeah, like I said, Texas Chainsaw kind of silly. But I would think this is universally loved by horror fans, and I think it's. I can see why. And and it's it's funny because you guys can't see the shirt Brett's wearing, Tool or anything like that. But Brett loves the band Tool. Love them, and. Their, their, their music videos, even though I'm not a fan of them, really, their music videos are always pretty fucking weird They're and kind of disturbing, right? Almost, right? Yeah. And when you're watching this, it's almost like 
there's like a music video, I don't know which one it is, where there's a lot of reverse animation and shit of people like coming together in parts and crap. Yeah, that's a lot of theirs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of reminds me of the whole Actually, part right. where he, Frank's being fucking being reborn. Reformed, it looks like that. Because it's like they do a lot of that claymation type of animation yeah. type stuff. And that's kind of what it was. And we were talking about it and we were saying how happy we were that we got to see that instead of like CGI. Where that looked more real and more like, you know, like, uh, I guess that's the only way to say it. It just looks real. nasty. Yeah, it looks Like nasty. it should be for something that you would think a human being reborn in fucking ooze and blood. And bubbling and, up and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it looked like the house was jizzing. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, Hellraiser, 1986. So I was three years old when this movie came out. I wasn't born yet still. I wasn't born <laughs> until 88. Um, I, I think the first time I ever saw this, I didn't see this in elementary school. I definitely saw this by eighth grade. Okay. And I remember... The weird thing about this movie compared to any other horror movie I'd seen, I'd seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Street at that point, Jason movies, uh, Tales from the Crypt stuff, everything. And the first time I watched this, I was like, this is really fucking creepy. Like, this actually was like, made me feel uncomfortable as a kid that had uh. still seen a lot of horror movies, but I was like, there's just an element about the Cenobites and Pinhead and their whole dimension of torture versus pleasure. It's like, it's also stuff I probably didn't understand as a kid, yeah. you know. I'm like, this is just fucking weird, but it's cool. It, yeah, it, it has kind of the S&M vibe when he talks about It's very sexual yeah. in a point where you're, when you're in middle school, you, you kind of understand Frank that. keeps on saying, like, come to daddy and stuff yeah. like that. So you know that there's kind of a weird kinkiness to it, too. Yeah. Stuff that you you wouldn't understand, and I wouldn't recommend ever showing, I guess, to a middle school student. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> but I would, I, I will say that I was, uh, I was expecting something totally different. Actually, I was expecting uh, Pinhead to be more in it because I think Pinhead's only in it for maybe five to ten minutes mm-hmm. out of the whole entire movie. Right? It's mainly about the family, kind of, uh, and that that what's that mullet chick? Uh, oh, whatever the mom. I don't know what her name, name is, but is, she's yeah. pretty bringing dudes in to revive Frank and stuff. So that that kind of was the whole movie, and then they throw in the daughter in there kind of, nor, you know, as kind of a character in the beginning, and then she becomes a bigger part in the end. But Hellraiser, um, or Pinhead, wasn't really a huge part of it as, part, you right. know, as far as, like, being involved in a lot of stuff. He came in more Not what you would think. Not what you would think compared to the poster art, where it's literally Pinhead holding the fucking box. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting Pinhead to be going around town and wreaking havoc and mm-hmm. just, like, destroying Yeah, that doesn't happen really until, like, the people. third one. Oh, okay. <laughs> where, where they start milking the franchise. So, what I, what I, I like, and what also I could, I could definitely see being, uh, maybe a disappointment to some people is... You would think that the fucking monsters would be the selling point. Like, they'd be the mm-hmm. whole point of the movie. But yeah. no, this movie does a very good job, I think, of combining storytelling. They don't reveal the monster story right away. It's more focused on Frank. You're very confused on what's going on if, you, if it's your first time seeing it. You're like, yeah. okay, this corpse is coming to life in this house. I don't know what's going on. These fucking other monsters, guy with nails in his head, shows up maybe once in a while. 
And it's not until the very end where the actual plot is really revealed of why Frank's there and how he came back and why the Cenobites are after him. They don't even know he's fucking gone at the beginning. Yeah, which I found was a little bit weird where they're like, nobody escapes us. But if they did... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I was... Me and Brett were talking about this before we started even watching the movie. Is like, maybe we should watch one to two back to back. Because mm-hmm. two does a really good job of exploring the actual lore of where the Cenobites fucking live. Alright, so let's do Hellraiser 2 next. I mean, we Actually, can. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would like to see more of Pinhead and more of the realm. That you see a lot in, of the so. Cenobites in 2 and explores their whole dimension of where they come from. I think that's what I was expecting out of this first one was a lot more of that than mm-hmm. getting some people getting like either sent to hell with Pinhead or Pinhead coming to Earth. It's not even hell where they're being sent. Yeah, it might be heaven for some or something yeah. like that. Which is Angels to some, <laughs> demons to others. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love that quote. That, That's that the cool. best quote I think of the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, besides, <laughs> we'll tear your soul apart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Hellraiser is based off Clive Barker's novella, The Hellbound Heart, that he did in 1986. Wait, say that again? Clive Barker's... Novella. Novella. He, oh, no. Oh, so like a book. Yeah. Okay. And he published it in... 19- novella? Is it like in Spanish? Or did he publish it in 1984? Shit, I don't know. I'm going to restart that. So, Hellraiser is based off Clive Barker's novella, The Hellbound Heart. So, let's go back to the word novella. What is the difference between novella and a novel or a book? A novella is a shorter novel. Uh, okay, so almost... Like, a novel would be like Stephen King's books, where they're So, it's like five, 500, 600 pages yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Novella would be like 250, 300 pages. I think uh, novels, like, over a thousand pages. Oh, really? Oh, and... Shows how much I read But, this. it could also be... Something else, someone else will correct us, I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, if it's on the internet. It's people on the, the internet. internet love people, to correct. Will, people will correct us, especially when it comes to this, because um, you know that there's... Excuse me. <laughs> people are like, oh, a Hellraiser podcast episode? Wow, these guys don't know shit. <laughs> and I'm not claiming to know shit. <laughs> Neither do I. I've only watched the movies. I didn't read either of the books. I'd like to. The artwork on both of the books that Clive Barker wrote are are just as creepy as the artwork that you see on Hellraiser. I gotta say, having Pinhead, like, the concept of Pinhead is really cool. The concept of having this guy with nails in his head. The Cenobites. Is already scary. And, yeah, the Cenobite, uh, that, that chatterer thing. Yeah, the chatterer. Yeah, like I said, that, that looked like something from Resident Evil, some, like this weird... Yeah, he looks like Nemesis. Yeah, but it was before that, right? So Way before. I think they took a little bit of uh, <laughs> Hellraiser in Resident Evil. So that's a, a, that's a thing I, I, I also want to touch on, is a lot of the shit, like body horror, right? This What we were talking about, I think, in the first episode. Yep. Body horror. Body horror is very fucking creepy because... You're used to seeing monsters get blown up, aliens get blown up. When you're seeing the human body being dismembered or transformed in a way where it's unnatural to where it's disgusting, it's it's very much freaky because it's more real. Yeah. You're used to seeing... And you can imagine it happening to yourself. You know, you've had pain happen to yourself. And you can think of, oh my gosh, if my, my 
knee got bitten that way. Ow, how would that feel? Yeah. It's like you can, it, it's almost like em- empathy pain, you know, like that sympathetic pain. Mm-hmm. It's like watching that, feeling feeling what they're feeling just by watching it. And another thing is I think that a lot of body horror was taken from Japanese horror movies. Japanese horror movies like Tetsuo the Iron Man, which you've never seen. Nope. I cannot wait to show you that movie because okay. that is is before this and really fucked up. <laughs> like, that's body horror to the almost extreme and it's shot in the same way that Human Centipede 2 is. It's all in black and white. We should, I mean, honestly, we should really watch Human Centipede 2 again. Do a whole episode on it again. Just watch it again and try it, yeah. You, okay, so this is what I would like for Maybe the we'll audience. Have, like, that'd be a bonus episode or something like that. Either bonus episode or one day we can, because a thing on Twitch now is you can have watch parties with your fucking audience. Oh, where you cool. you start watching a movie and have a time and it's like almost like that'd be set your really watches cool. we all like watch it together we watch it together yeah. that'd be sick so we could do a live stream and watch that movie because me and you have seen that listening to us right now like yes you, you so <laughs> I, I didn't want to get to this yet brett brought it up brett made uh what what was the what was the thing that we brought up on the second episode or was it the first the episode Instagram yeah about your social media so right 50 viewers 50 listeners 50 right listeners, yeah. so we've already broken that by what? a bunch and we have That's listeners right. outside of America. We have listeners in Austria. We have listeners in Canada and in America. Austria, so, where all the kangaroos are. <laughs> is there kangaroos in Austria? No, that's Australia. That's, I was what, like, that's what the joke is. I was like, Austria. That's, that's <laughs> where Schwarzenegger is from. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I always mixed that up when I was younger. Austria and Australia. I mean, they sound alike, right? Yeah. I always thought they were the same place. Except for one has... Kangaroo Jack and the other one has... Well, Australia has fucking everything that will kill you. Yeah. Dingoes ate my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Dingo ate your baby. Oh, Kangaroo Jack. That's a good movie. I don't know why people hate Kangaroo Jack. It was like a comedy in the 2000s. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, I saw it, but I honestly don't remember it. Had Christopher Walken. (laughs) Really? Yeah. He plays the mob boss. All right. It was like it was like a kid movie, right? Like, it, like kind of PG or something. It's weird because you watch it; it is a kids movie. This is such an offshoot. It's, it is right. a kid, <laughs> it is a kids movie, but it, there's like a lot of weird stuff in there that you would think is like, okay, this was definitely at the time where it's like they definitely made jokes for adults in there. There's oh, yeah. a dude that like grabs a chick's tits. There's a lot tits of stuff like that because he thinks she's a what? He, yeah, he grabs the chick's tits. The chick that's, that's also in salt. Uh, Planet of the Apes remake with Ma- Mark Wahlberg. Uh huh. Grabs her tits because she thinks he thinks that she's a uh, what, what the fuck is it? I don't, uh, not a hologram. Why do I want to say hologram? He's a, hallucinating because he's in the uh, desert. Okay, a mirage. A mirage. He's like this. <laughs> this dream feels so real <laughs> as he's grabbing her tits. <laughs> That's in Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. That has to do a lot with Hellraiser. Not really, but... <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Hellraiser, the Hellraiser movie came out two years after his book, which is a very fast turnaround when you think of a, a horror novel mm-hmm. turned into a movie. That is like a huge turnaround, which... I don't know, just shows that how good the actual novel now, was. did you read the book? No, no, no. I already said, I, I haven't read either one of the books. Oh, is it? 
You just watched the movies. You didn't read the books at all. Right, right, right. Is that normal? Like, I feel like you that's read not, most of the books. That's not normal. Far, yeah. Normally for me, I haven't read anything Clive Barker's ever written. Unfortunately, I I always had Stephen King books. I was always was out of my way to buy Stephen King books and read them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because I got into Stephen King so young, I got into Stephen King by the time I was in fifth grade. Okay. And I was reading Stephen King books, and they were and the, and the movies were coming on on TV. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And for any kid, well, I don't even know how many kids would be listening to this, but don't ever think that you could get out of a book report. Do they even do book reports anymore by watching <laughs> a movie? Cause I, I did. Uh, I Scarlet Letter. No, what was it? Scarlet Letter was, I think it was a Scarlet big book, Letter. yeah. I don't there remember seeing a movie on it. I can't remember what it was now. But there was a bunch the of... The Grapes of Fucking Wrath or some shit. There was a couple different books where I watched the movie, and I just wrote the report on that. And it, it definitely got me a C, but like, if you want to get a good grade on it, you probably have to read the book. Yeah. But the thing is, is I hate reading. I mean, all of you out there don't know this, but I hate reading. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. He I can't do. play. You can't play the Fallout games. I can't play. I can't play any game that requires massive amounts of reading. Even though I don't, I wouldn't even call it massive. Minimal amounts of yeah. reading. Even though I don't understand that, like the Fallout games, is like a few sentences. Yeah. Per response, it's not fun to read though. Yeah, it yeah. Sucks. That's just. I've always hated reading though. Like back, I had a lot of trouble reading when I was growing up. A lot so of I think people hate just, reading. Yeah. I know more people... There's a lot of people that love reading, though. Like, I'm actually the only one in my family, like, my immediate family, that doesn't like reading. My my sister loves reading. My brother loves reading. My mom loves reading. Like, lots of people just get a lot of joy and entertainment out of reading and being able to imagine things, and I don't do that. It's just, I just, uh... It seems like a lot of labor for I I know more people who hate reading than like reading. Oh, really? Yeah, I... And I think the biggest reason why I like reading so much, and this is kind of a weird thing to even bring up on a podcast, because I was grounded so fucking much and was never <laughs> allowed, I would be grounded to the point where I would never ever get to get off my bed unless I had to piss, right? So the only thing I'd be allowed to do is fucking read. Don't get off your bed unless you're fucking reading the book. Don't do anything else. So I'd always be fucking reading. Uh-huh. Always. So I think that's where it came from. And then when I found Stephen King books, I was like, okay, I can really get into this because this is fucking scary. And The Shining was the first one that I ever fucking read. So your parents didn't care about you reading Stephen King or horror books or anything like that? No, fuck no. Did they they even monitor at all what you read? No. No. If they did, you know that one really fucked up weird book, The Child Called It? I read that in like, oh, dude, that's a (laughs) fucked up book. I read that, I don't know. By like sixth grade, fifth grade, maybe that was a fucked up book. But what was it about? Uh, it's like a true life story about a kid that was like abused by his mom. Ugh, that sounds awful. <laughs> it was really bad. That's depressing as hell. It was bad. <laughs> but I, but because of that, because I was always grounded, and I was always reading, I guess that was like my escape. That and video games when I yeah. got to play. So. Uh, I could see that being an escape, definitely. Like, yeah. you, it's just you and a book, and you're in your own own world, right? Like, you're making your own world, reading the words and it being in your imagination, and, and take a lot of, hours and hours out of your time. And a lot of Stephen King's books, well, at least a few of them, focus on kids going on adventures and something fucked like up it. happening. It, A Stand By Me, Salem's Lot, The Shining, 
all books that have fucking like kid focused things that happen. Right. And and I remember, you know, being a kid when we were kids, so you could go on fucking adventures and not come home until dark. You yeah. Know? All the time. Yeah. And sometimes you'd see weird shit. Yep. So that's why I loved reading, especially Stephen King stuff. Um anyway. Uh, the reason why this uh movie I think is also very respected with people that like horror films is because Clive Barker had full control of the movie rights, directing rights, and script rights for the first two films. He I think sure that's how it should full... be for anybody that like makes a book and turns it into a movie. They should have full control of what goes on because that is their that's like their creative baby. Like that's what they created, right? So well, they should have a say in what happens. I agree to I agree with that to a point, but what happens when you have authors who don't want anything made of their books? Like say Tolkien. Like Tolkien was dead before any shit came out of his fucking books. Yeah. You know? Uh or if if uh Well obviously we can't have unless we have a seance or something, you can't have their <laughs> <laughs> their input, right? But I mean how 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 old it was the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings by the time they finally got fucking movies, you know? It yeah. wasn't until like the seventies where they got no, they, like they, computer animated yeah, movies. Seventies right. they had that Hobbit movie around. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings. They did? They yeah. had Lord of the Rings? I yeah, I have it on VHS. Oh. <laughs> VHS, guys. VHS. <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. I, I think to a point, because it, it also, you know, Hollywood doesn't like to lose money. Right? No, I don't think you realize the, the, the point of money. making a movie is you, you want to make money. Generally, unless it's like an artistic project. Generally. Yes. Generally. For the most part. But, uh, Hellraiser's budget was a million dollars. That's all. Which is okay. really cheap it, still. That was in the 80s, but still that seems like pretty pretty minimal. I mean, when you think like the last movie we dollars. did, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was 600000 Yeah, but you could tell. <laughs> you could definitely tell, but this is only... Four thousand or uh, four hundred thousand for a million more. dollars and the effects that were like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't even talk about how awesome I thought Frank was like when when he first came to life and the way his mouth moved and the way he looked was just amazing. Like yeah, Frank was awesome. That's a good idea. What? Shutting that. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want the waterfall noise. I just thought yeah. about that for a second. This is probably not the okay. Yeah. Maybe. But <laughs> hopefully not. Otherwise, everybody's annoyed. I mean, it's not as annoying as our first episode when we had the fucking fan come on. The fan and the, the echoing and stuff yeah, like that. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. 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 Well, what I was saying was, like, Frank was the the makeup or what do you... The prosthetics. The prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. That looked so awesome. That, like, looked super cool. Way better than CGI and, like... They had a, a lot of that stuff, actually. They, like, when he was coming to life, and there was the ooze, and the bubbling, and all that. Like, And every stage of him absorbing a person, his fucking body changed. Yeah. So that's different prosthetics every time. Yeah. Which is pretty badass. Um, so, yeah, the, the budget was $1 million, and in their opening weekend, they made almost $5 million. Okay, so they... So, I mean, they, they got their money back, but at the same time... 
it's not for for eighty six especially when they're when they're on like what the third Jason movie and mm. the third Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not a huge commercial success compared to other horror movies of that time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So. But would you consider Hellraiser on the chart of, like, fanatics of horror movies? Would you put Hellraiser above Jason and Freddy, or would you put it, like, below? I'd put it in the top five. Top five. Pinhead would be in the top five of all horror movie, I think, characters. Especially, I think it's one of those movies and and one of those characters that became really popular after the movie came out. When it became out on VHS and DVD, that's when it became <coughs> like really relevant. But I definitely think if you were to ask hardcore horror fans if they were like name the top five monsters in horror, Pinhead would be in the top five. I would say the look of Pinhead is just freaking awesome. I've always thought that Pinhead was a fucking really creepy looking guy with all these nails in his head and they got it partitioned with like the squares and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a creepy looking dude. He looks like a, a S&M like the leather fucking, fucking clothes that they all wear. Mm-hmm. All the shit. The fucking like all the bloody rags covering up their nipples or their genitalia or something like that. It's always it's fucking weird. It's weird and creepy, and yeah. that's kind of what you want when horror. And it's right? also weird because it's like that's real fetish with with people, which makes it, it more creepy. It is, yeah. And they had the whole daddy thing, which like <laughs> plays into the fetish thing. But I think I think there was actually like some S and M sexual undertones in this movie. There's a lot of sexual undertones in this movie, and I don't. I'm not claiming to to to, to say that this podcast is fucking politically correct. We all know that Clive Barker. Everyone that knows anything about Clive Barker knows that Clive Barker is gay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But we we know that the Cenobites come from a place called, like, the Bloody Gash. <laughs> and when I think of the Bloody Gash, it's like something you call a woman's pussy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's, it's a very raunchy... Hellraiser's a very raunchy movie altogether. Yeah. I haven't read the book, but I'm assuming it's very raunchy as well. Maybe even more so. Just like Stephen King's books are more in detail than his movies are. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> these fetishes are real. Yeah. These these weird torture pleasure fetishes that we even talked about, I think, last podcast. Where people like, there's been cases where... People pay someone to slowly kill them and Mm -hmm. eat them for a sexual get-off. Yeah. It's fucking weird. (laughs) It's weird, but it is there, right? It exists. Yeah. I think I I even remember, like, listening to either a podcast or reading about something in, like, Russia, where a guy was, like, just paying some dude to slowly eat him alive. I I heard about that. Yeah. I'm burping. It's all right. Burp it, man. We're drinking, we're drinking actual Sacramento beer today. Deftones beer, and Deftones are from Sacramento. The Belching Beaver Phantom Bride India Pale Ale. It's good. It's good stuff, man. And I'm not a huge Pale Ale fan, but like, oh, actually, Pale Ale I like. Uh, it's India Pale Ale that I, I'm not a huge fan of, but this is good. You know what I would really hope for our podcast? I hope we get sponsored by a local brewery. That'd be cool. That'd be fucking sweet. We would save so much money. <laughs> yeah. 
if you want to sponsor your beer on our podcast, yeah. contact us at www.dobymidnight.com. We'll Sorry, man, I'm already kind of like... <laughs> we'll definitely plug it every stumbling. five seconds and we'll be like, ah, this uh, Pell Ale is great. Speaking of which, actually, this is a perfect segue into our sponsor that we need to plug. Oh, we have a sponsor. We do. All right, cool. So, Brett. Yes. You know when I was making a website for our podcast? I do remember that. And I was doing it for the specific possibility for us to get our podcast onto iTunes. I spent all day busting my booty. You were working hard. (laughs) To get that podcast up on iTunes. And it took forever to get that crappy RSS feed up and all that crap. Well, guess what? What? With Anchor, you don't need to do that. No? Anchor.com is a app that you can use on your phone that you can upload your podcasts for free. For free? For free. Awesome. And they put it out to every single place where you could have your podcast known. Spotify, iTunes, all these places. It's a one-stop shop. It's like you just throw it in there and it goes to all those places. One-stop shop free to make a podcast. You don't have to sit there and build a website. You don't have to sit there and, especially with someone that doesn't know anything about building websites, clink along, clunk along, and type on your keyboard all day to get this stuff out here. So I would say, anyone that wants to make a podcast and wants it out there for everyone almost instantaneously, go with Anchor. Anchor. The, The sponsor... Of the Do By Midnight podcast. That's awesome, man. Anchor. That, that that sounds actually very useful. They anchor themselves in to all the podcast platforms. Which makes sense why they're called Anchor. 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 Great sponsor. Build your podcast. Build it today. All yeah. right. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun promo. Submit. <laughs> Submitting your ad. There we go. There we go. Hell yeah! Activate in all episodes, yes. Thank you to everyone that listened to us record our very first sponsorship by Anchor. Thanks to everybody who's listening. That's uh, so awesome that you guys are listening. I'm I'm, I'm like super surprised and happy that people are listening. And I would love to hear from you guys any questions that you have because I love to answer questions. Well, well, by the end of this, we do already have listener mail and listener submitted questions. Can I go to the bathroom? Yes. (laughs) Actually happy with that freaking promo, dude. I like it's it so too. Cool. It's actually it's honest and it's off the cuff. Yeah, we're just having fun with it, right? Off tell. the cuff. <laughs> that pays for our year that we paid for the domain. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> okay, let's bring up the show notes. I don't even know where we left off. We oh, are we were back. talking about the opening, the how much money it made. Okay, because. Uh, movie companies don't like to lose money, but we said that Hellraiser at the time was not a super profitable form. Wouldn't, wouldn't like a super success. No, no. But there's tons of movies like that where they didn't do well in the box office and then become cult classics like, you know, Big Lebowski, for example. They're horrible in the box office. And then that's like one of my favorite movies almost. But by, the, by me too. But by that time, we even wanted to start a bowling team. Remember? Yeah, which I still, I still do. think we should. I think Dude, should by your house, there's a bowling alley. My house? Yes. What? It's right down the street. I have not. 
seen that. Really? There's a bowling alley right down the street from oh, our home. I didn't know that. Dude, I know okay. there's a roller rink. Dude. <laughs> we should totally get a league going. That'd be we should. Cool. That'd be fucking sweet. Yeah, I'm so down. So, yeah, compared to other horror movies, Hellraiser was not a huge success in the box office. Hence why it didn't seem very profitable to Hollywood. I mean, you wouldn't really know that by knowing how many fucking sequels there are now. Yeah. There are ten movies. Okay. Including ten. Into, including this one. Ten. Ten Hellraiser films. Jeez. And the only two that I think are worth a crap are the first one and the second one. Right. The rest of them are for comedic value. <laughs> except for the last like two in the franchise. The last two in the franchise are just bad and painful to watch. Yeah. You know, the, the, they're the ones that are like literally grabbing the teat of the film and pinching it to yeah. a point where it's purple and blue and you just don't want to look anymore. Sucking everything that you can get out of it. Yeah, it's just That's bad. Sad. Bad. That's where they they take the movie and, you know, throw it into the ground. Or like, it's one of those NFL uh, quarterbacks that just doesn't know when to quit and they just keep on going and going and going. <laughs> like yeah. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Favre. I was going to say the same exact thing. <laughs> Except Brett Favre, you know, at least he had the killer instinct. Yeah, he was fun to watch at least, right? Yeah. He would do these crazy passes. Yeah, he'd get intercepted sometimes, but then he would also make those awesome, you know, plays where he yeah. was amazed that he did Unlike that. this, it was just like, you know, that South Park episode where they're, where they're raping Indiana Jones. It's like the, <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's like the raping yes, pinhead. Yes, yes, <laughs> Which that's, he might that's like, a great I don't example. know. Yes, that's <laughs> for sure. So... On uh, IMDb, uh, Hellraiser has a 7 out of 10. Okay. Not bad. I would uh, actually give it a, a little bit higher myself. Okay, what would you give it? I'd give it an 8. An 8. Yes. A seven, solid 8. A solid 8. Uh, 7.5 for the others. Yeah. I haven't gone above 7.5 yet. But this one I would say 8 because I would consider this a true horror movie, right? It's got everything that I would consider horror. It's got kind of like this villain, like a... Uh, evil character with mm-hmm. Frank. It's got the, the kind of gore and grossness of Disturbing, all the, twisted distur- Yeah, exactly. Stuff. And then it's got this demonic element with uh, Pinhead and the uh, Cenobites. It's kind of got everything that I would consider a horror movie. And Cenobites, it's hard for me to even consider them as villains. They're yeah, just doing their I would, job. I would agree with you. I, I didn't say... I said Frank was the villain. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider them the villains because they are just... They're just they, what they are. They're like uh, you know ants or mosquitoes. You know they're just doing what they do. Which I know a lot of you are probably screaming at your at your radio or wherever you're listening to this right now on your phone. <laughs> that we know, I know that the Cenobites are more than that. But Brett's never seen the sequels. I haven't. The, I, this is the, the first time I've ever seen anything with Hellraiser or Pinhead, or I haven't read any of the books, and I'm not really not going to read the books. <laughs> I'm not going to. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not super up to date on any horror movies or films, and that's kind of the whole thing with this podcast, right? We got the expert and the idiot. So <laughs> I'm, I don't even know if I'm an expert, but I just I've watched a lot of shit. But at the same time, I know that the Cenobites are. You know how Frank escaped their fucking universe, right? I don't. Well, he talks about escaping. Well, he, yeah, but he doesn't say, like, how he did or anything no, like that. No, but he escaped. Yeah, somehow. And, and Pinhead's like, Pinhead, nobody escaped. Pinhead us. was a person at one point. It's just not it revealed in this movie. Oh, okay. All the Cenobites were people at one point. 
and that universe that they come from or the thing that's inside the box, the mention of hell or whatever. Yeah, they actually never even use the word hell ever. They don't. They just say it's like uh, this dimension between of pleasure and pain. Yeah. Travelers to Although sun. I didn't see any pleasure. <laughs> it's those seeking pleasure through pain. Okay. But if you're not seeking pleasure through pain, it's just pain. Yeah. And their universe is like well see, we can't even we can't even delve into this yet because you never saw this the sequel is where they really break it down. Uh, they really, really break down so the whole... I'm actually more interested to see the sequel right Yeah, Because I've seen this one, I've kind of got some questions, and, like, I want it's to almost, dive more deep into Pinhead and his dimension. It's know? almost genius, because it's like, they got you with a little, like, they give you a little taste. They give you a little taste of Pinhead. Like, like I was saying, he's, like, literally only in it for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. If you count up all the time that he's in it, maybe ten minutes, maybe even less. Maybe less. I maybe think. even five minutes, I don't know. Yeah. But he's so interesting, and the there's quote, and built-in lore that you don't. The biggest see. quote out of the entire movie comes from him. Yeah. So like, you just want to see more of him and more of what he's about and why and his story, right? I want to see more of his story. Right. Right. And you do see that in the second one, and that's why I think the second one's only a little bit stronger than the first one. But Pinhead is just. He's so good in that way in the first one where he's, you, the fact that they can make a first movie, you know nothing about the character, but he's so fucking creepy and cool, and he such says such cool stuff that alludes to something that you have no understanding of yeah. and makes you want to know more is why I think yes. that Clive Barker. That's what it is. He wants to make you know more. He says these things that you're like, what does that, what does that mean? Like, what's the story behind what he's saying? Because that's freaking awesome that's why i think clive barker is a genius when he with the stuff that he writes he stephen king read clive barker's book mm. and he has this quote that says i've seen the future of the horror genre and his name is clive barker well that's come from stephen king yeah it's pretty high praise right there that's extremely high praise like i couldn't imagine i'd shit my pants if if stephen king said something about <laughs> that that i wrote and uh, when, when you watch the interviews with Clive Barker, when he's talking about this movie, he really wants you to understand, like, this is going to be disturbing. He really wants you to know that, like, the stuff that came out of his mind for this, this fucking book and this movie is, like, it's going to fuck you up. <laughs> like, that's what he wants to happen. Right. And I can imagine, especially in 1986, when you're used to seeing other slasher films of the genre... This is not like that. It's not really a slasher. I mean, no. it's definitely got violence and like uh, evilness to it, but not a slasher as far as they're running away and trying to get away from this like villain or anything like that. It's uh, it's almost like luring in people, like that chick with the shoulder pads. I forgot her name, but with the mullet, she's luring in people. She's to, a predator. Yeah, exactly. She's she's bait, mm-hmm. she's bait for Frank, and they just lure him in so he can. And we're bait as the audience. Yeah. We want to know more. Yeah. And we don't really know much about Frank either, though. No. And the funny thing is, you never really know much about Frank. No. Even in the sequel, you don't. (laughs) Frank's just kind of like... Like, why did he go for that thing? He's just like this guy that just wants pleasure or wants to find 
what you learn in later movies is that the box, and, and we're watching the movie like we were last time where it's behind yeah. us right now. I want to comment on this yeah, girl's... Yeah, can we comment on this chick? This chick's... <laughs> the, the main chick's clothes. Why is she wearing a giant polo shirt with a leather jacket? That's awful. <laughs> this, this girl has no sense of style, and she, later on she changes into other clothes, and at one point she looks like she's wearing a bed sheet, and... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it's just tragedy because she's beautiful and she really should not be wearing this stuff. Like, I'm not one to comment on females' clothes or how they dress, but this is so. Atrocious. I mean, she didn't try here. She looks like she she's frumpy as fuck. Yes, which is bad because she's a very pretty girl. Like she bought, like she went for the shittiest twenty five cent rack at the thrift store. Yeah, and just threw herself together. And then she threw on some leather jacket. And these fucking moving guys right here are so goddamn creepy. <laughs> And the dad is just like such a chode dumbass. Yeah, it's a huge chode. Like, do you like this house that has fucking rot all over the place? And I just the- don't understand why they moved into this place. I know it's the mom's place or whatever, but like, that doesn't mean you have to move into this old decrepit house. And the and the third floor has like a fucking burnt out room with maggots and, and rats, rats everywhere. Yeah. Like, I like how they skip forward past... They, they had to clean the kitchen. Like, imagine how long that had to fucking take. <laughs> and, um, like, uh, I mean, and I windows, was... Windows everywhere. Like, look at the scene right here. You can see, like, ten windows right here. Yeah, there's a window on the door. There's a window in the back room. There's a window on the second or third floor where the windows are on the floor. Yeah. But the weird thing is, is none of the windows are clear. No, you can't open any of them either. They're they're all, like, this, this whitish... They're I just that part. tinted fucking church windows. No. This is very much a porno scene right here. <laughs> and then Frank... Yeah. Frank's a like, pimp. <laughs> I don't understand why this chick just like... This chick is just a completely slut. That's what she is. She's just... I don't understand what the sexual attractiveness is about the stepmom. Yeah, well, it's gotta be the mullet, man. They love the mullet, apparently, back I mean, then. When I look at 80s women, there are a lot of hot and attractive 80s women you look in pictures. Like, the 80s style, I still really, really, really love. And I, I wish I wish that I could go back and, and see the shit. And sometimes when I see women that are dressed up and, and do their hair so in, Haiti, in the 80s fashion, I'm like, man, that's that's pretty awesome. I don't like it. I don't like the big hair. Yeah. I don't like big hair. I don't like perms. I like... Usually, like, kind of straight hair, flattish hair, mm-hmm. um, you know, just longer, flat hair. I've I've never liked the big volume, and that that's what 80s was all about, huge volume of hair. You know, maybe that's why when I was in high school, when scene girls and shit like that took over, you remember? Scene, scene girls? Like, scene girls, emo girls, whatever you think. Oh, where scene they, girls. They I did thought, the, yeah, okay, yeah. Where they did their fucking hair all big. Mm-hmm. It was like a, just a different version of an 80s style haircut. I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> And they're doing the, their makeup the same way that you would see women do their makeup in the 80s. It was just, it was hot at the time. Still hot. But, um, I don't know. This mom, though, is not any of that. She's just, no. she's got a mullet. She's unattractive in every way possible. And she wears man, man's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> she's got shoulder pads there, too. <laughs> and every scene, she's got shoulder pads. I mean, you can 80s. see it through her white shirt that there's a shoulder pad. Yeah. 
And why we we were talking about it is that shoulder pads for women in the eighties or even in the nineties at that point also was because in the workplace women weren't taken serious at the time. Now, um, so that's just such a weird concept to me that they had to make themselves look more like men with broad shoulders. It's it so weird. It was like, the time. I, I guess so. It just was the time. I was so young back then that I, you know, never registered to me. My, my like mom, that. I remember my mom wearing jackets my, that had shoulder pads. Yeah, on. my mom had shoulder pads and some of her clothes too, and I never understood it, even back then. Imagine being that sex in the 80s, and you're like, man, I have to dress like this to fucking be taken seriously at work? <laughs> it's it's like, a weird thing, yeah. It is weird. I mean, there's a lot of... You, you could look it up in the 40s. Well, I'm glad that's gone now. In the 50s. Yeah, I'm glad about it, too. <laughs> in the 40s and 50s, there's a ton of propaganda, like, training videos that you see of, like, man, I have a woman that works with me. I'm going to HR. I need a man for this job. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a ton of them. A ton. That's funny. But, unfortunately, the mom, the stepmom in this movie doesn't not look like a woman in my opinion nah nah as far as horror movies go with women usually there's kind of sexiness to horror movies uh, right? and especially in all the Jason some movies some type of gratuitous nudity or sexiness to it this lady is in the all the Friday the 13th opposite. movies except for maybe the first one but all the rest of them it's like there's tits there's horror there's sex yep. and there's comedy this is for some reason turning me on strangely as I'm watching it, and it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing and getting an erection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another fun fact about Hellraiser: uh, when Clive Barker first showed the film to his mother, she was crying tears of joy when she saw his name in the credits at the beginning. All right. He leaned over to her and said. <laughs> And whispered to her that this would be the happiest she would be for the next two hours. <laughs> Meaning, after the credits, there's no joy to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, since showing it to your mom. I think that's fucking awesome. That's pretty funny. That's savage as fuck when you're going to tell your mom, be like, you know what? I made a movie so fucked up. The only happy part is... But I think that also name. goes to show that he's kind of got a cool relationship with his mom, too, that he could say that, right? Yeah. Like, Honestly, I probably wouldn't ever say that to my mom. Like, I wouldn't want to, like, piss her off or anything like that. Be like, this is the happiest you're going to be in the next two hours. Clive Barker's also from England. Which, okay, so this is set set in London. Yeah, this is set in London. And And we took a little bit to figure that out, actually. Yeah, because we were like, why does everyone have accents except for Kirsty, the daughter, and the dad? Which. When I'm also looking at it in the background, when she's walking around the streets and the nuns look at her like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> they don't stop and help her. You can tell this is kind of like set in, in the UK because of all the fucking brick houses everywhere. Yep. Um, there's not a whole lot of blood here though, right? That like drops out and that revives Frank. It was just enough. And then, like, three other bodies later, and he's got an ear. Like, I feel like he should have regenerated more with three other bodies, with all the blood. If we're going on a mathematical equation, at least, like, the amount of blood that should have been taken... I mean, but you saw that guy. You said it when we were watching the movie. It was like, what was he doing with his fucking hand? Was he waving it around? Why... 
Even though I was like, why would there be so much blood from hitting your hand on a fucking nail? Yeah. <laughs> Where there's globs of Tons it of blood. pouring on the Tons. floor. And it wasn't even the sharp part of the nail, it was the, the head of it. Yeah. It was the, yeah. Like, I... I the part could, they hammer in. I could totally picture moving furniture and hitting your hand on a fucking nail. It wouldn't feel good. It might cut you... But it's not going to be the point where half your fucking hand is cut off. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. With the he, amount of he blood. Got, like sliced by like a knife or like a piece <laughs> of glass or something. Not, not, a, not a nail that was just like kind of protruding. And this is the part where the house starts resurrecting Frank. Or yeah. Frank just resurrecting himself. Which also is not a very well explained thing of why, in the movie at least, why Frank. I don't know if they explain it in the book. I never read it. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, why, how or why did Frank get out of that place? Just because blood falls on the house, they don't explain how that would translate to him getting out of wherever he was. You whatever, know, sent dimension to whatever dimension he was, he was in, in, right? So, like, why is he connected to this house, first of all? So, they don't really explain that that well, but as far as, like,. There's certain things that you gotta just give them leeway with. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch an action movie or a sci-fi movie, there's certain things that you just gotta give leeway with. And a horror movie, I would say that this is one of them that you. Horror would say, movies, I give a lot of leeway. Yeah, you just gotta say, okay, if if I question and make it too logical, then and it's not, it's a not movie fun. Anymore. Yeah, it's not fun anymore, right? So I'm watching something about horror. Going. Just give me some general explanation of what it is, and then I'll accept it, and then yeah. I can go on. And, then just and I think this is some of the best, like, some of this is all reverse animation, right? Yeah. Like, this whole thing was, like, either made of wax <laughs> or some shit in layers, or they melted it, it melted it, looks it down. It really freaking cool. But it looks, it looks so cool. awesome when it's in fast motion, or forward motion. Yeah. It looks great. Very gooey. Yeah. That's a lot of slime. It's a lot of slime. With only a little bit of riblets and little, little fingers. How did he grow fingers, but probably not his dick? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. If you're growing extremities, then you don't have a cock. Asking the important questions. I don't know. I mean, it, when you think you're coming back from the dead, like, you know, I don't need my pinky. <laughs> I, I, I could yeah. grow my dick back, please. I could, I, could, I could hop around on one leg, just please. Just and you'd think me. for Frank, that would be in his nature to be uh, like, give me my cock. That's his whole thing, right? <laughs> he was just like this sexual deviant that... Slept with his brother's wife. Um, so, Pinhead. The prosthetics yeah. just for Pinhead alone took uh, Doug Bradley six hours in prosthetics just to become Pinhead. So, <laughs> I, I can't imagine how many hours it took to make the other guy, yeah, Frank, Frank and stuff. In, into the shit that he was in. Yeah, because Frank was really good as far as, in my opinion, they did a great job on what Frank looked like. I agree. Pinhead was awesome just in the fact of what he was. Like, he just looks freaking cool. But Frank morphed every time, right? He was yeah. different um, every other scene or something. Yeah, every other scene, he's it's after he's absorbed a body and his transformation has become a little bit more defined. Yeah. He's got some more muscle, or he's got some more skeletal Or he's got features. some ears now. Or he might have a cock. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows if he has a cock? <laughs> we didn't see it. I mean, by the end, he definitely has a cock, which is weird when you think about it. It's like when he took, when he takes the dad's skin at the end. Yeah. Which is weird because he doesn't take anybody else's skin. Like, why, yeah. why does he take his dad's skin? Did he take dad's skin and wrap it around his own cock? <laughs> Got a lot of Cause questions. Because he, he fucks that cock. lady. He fucks the stepmom again. Remember? 
as soon as he becomes fully resurrected. They they do they do yeah yeah you're right. So did he do that? That's even more fucking. I don't creepy. know. I think the whole thing about this movie is that chick <laughs> is worse than anybody in the entire movie. <laughs> she really is. She's the worst with her giant star earrings. Star earrings and mullet. But she curls sometimes. Yeah. So, You're so. right, though. Like, every earring that she has covers up her entire ear. Yeah. So maybe she does have those connecting earlobes. Those ear weird earlobes. Yeah. If anybody of you out there has connecting earlobes, go ahead and comment and say that Clint's an asshole. Because <laughs> he thinks you're weird. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so... The thing about me, when I see connected earlobes, I'm not going to lie, it kind of it kind of freaks me <laughs> out, okay? I don't see why it's weird. It's like... It's different. It's, it's definitely different. It's, yeah. It's different. It's different. It's like some people get freaked out that some people it's are left-handed. I mean, I'm left-handed. Yeah. Well, you're weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, connecting earlobes don't necessarily freak me out, but I do think it's weird or, like, I notice it. Like, I'm like, I mean, oh, if you were dating a chick with connected earlobes... I could do it. Like, it's not something that's a deal But you would notice it the whole time. I would notice it, yeah. Whenever she turned her head. Yep. I guess so. I, I, it's not a huge deal. Or you're getting but... intimate and you're like, wow, there's nothing here to bite on. It's I'll, connected I'll, to your I'll head. I'll some earmuffs <laughs> and, and one of those hats, you know, like, that has the, the flaps on it. Oh, inside. my God. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Buy her some giant steer, uh, star earrings. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, it took a different turn. <laughs> oh, we didn't even finish what the other ratings are on this movie. Uh, so, it uh, had a 72, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? I thought it would be a little bit higher. Okay. Me too. Me too. It, it really shocked me. And then on Metacritic, only a 52%. So not that great of... No, yeah, it's very because out of the horror movies that I've watched so far. The Fly had the highest ratings, mm -hmm. and I would say this is way more entertaining than the Fly, mm -hmm. and way more horror oriented than the Fly as well. I I agree to. I mean, I like I really like the Fly remake, but as far as a horror movie, straight horror movie goes, this is like straight up horror. This is straight horror to me, and. Yeah, I was very shocked at the reviews on this, and especially because this is seventy-two percent is not just critic reviews, like people that get paid to go watch movies and rate it. Yeah. This is also seventy-two percent even. Just people with just general people. General people. Interesting. So a lot of a lot of reviews that I saw because Hellraiser this, was one of those classic horror movies, isn't it? Like as it far is. as in the horror genre, it's considered one of the, the top ones up there, one of the, like, pinnacles of horror movies. Yeah. So, I'm surprised that it got that low It range. almost seems like what the fucking basis of Hot Topic was even created on. Yeah. You remember old yes. Hot Topic? Yeah. Not Hot I'm Topic a, now. I went to Hot Topic a lot back, yeah. back in the day. You remember what old Hot Topic looked yeah. like, right? It looked like it was, like, some shit out of this. Yeah. Like, industrial fucking weird shit. Yeah. Even the yeah. letters were different. The the freaking people that worked there were freaking look like Pinhead. They look, yeah, they look like Pinhead or they, they they look like they definitely visited a lot of Marilyn Manson fucking concerts. You know yes. what I mean? They had those fucking... You know what I never understood? 
and I don't, I hate to sound like a, a douchebag when I say this, but I never understood in high school the kids that fucking wore the fucking Invader Zim clothing that you'd see from from Hot from Hot that. Topic or or the giant fucking pants that had all the different loops and oh, shit in yeah. them. Like I never understood. You know that what? Shit. I did have a pair of uh, they, what were they called? Levi pipes. Levi pipes. They were like these raver pants. They were like they were like. Like really wide, huge, huge. Like they'd over overshadow your shoes. Yeah, they were so fucking comfortable though. <laughs> Felt like you were walking around on air. It was amazing. I I really wish that trend kept on to today. I would wear those two today. But the ones with all the zippers and the, the, the zi- yeah the, the zippers There's a and million the chains zippers. and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's going on. That's too much stuff going on. Yeah. Like, do, have you ever seen the what is it? A gif or a gif? no? I don't know, but it was like these uh, a bunch of goth kids underneath the bridge, and they're dancing to this goth music, and they've all got those like pants that you talked about. Yeah, they're they're doing the the hand things <laughs> and stuff like that. I gotta show you the video. Oh my god, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, but I mean, I never understood that. And the thing that drove me nuts, <clears throat> being a horror fan, is that <clears throat> whenever I went to Spencer's or whenever I went to Hot Topic. It, I always saw something with Pinhead on it. It was a shirt with yeah. Pinhead or the Hellraiser movie. It was like always something there. And remember, I think we talked about it last time or the time before where they started making clothes based off stuff that it, it started making it look like it was a poser thing. Yeah. And it would drive me nuts because, like, man, I really like this movie. I'd like to wear a shirt of this movie or this band. But they're making these poser shit. All these assholes are wearing it, too, so I can't, yeah. Yeah, these assholes that, and I I know that they're assholes. I can speak on this, (laughs) that they're assholes, because I've asked people in high school or even in middle school that were wearing shit like that, and, and they wouldn't be able to tell me anything about the movie. Yeah. So... It was like I don't want to be lumped in with it was that like the, jerk. It was like the Kardashians wearing a Slayer shirt. Oh my god! It's like the same type of thing, right? It's like, yes. Why are you wearing that? You know, you listen to I don't know Bruno Mars or something like that. You don't listen to freaking Slasher. Yeah, it'd be like a cheerleader in high school. I saw like walking around with a system of a down shirt or something yeah. like that. I'd be like, um, wow. <laughs> you, you, I, at first, I'd be like probably like wow, you like. You're, you're hot. Yeah, and you like System of a Down? fucking awesome, right? And she's like, like, chop suey. I love Chinese food. And he's yeah, like... <laughs> God. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that I... It would always drive me nuts in high school. Now I don't really care. But yeah. now also I don't really wear clothes that have fucking logos on them anymore. Yeah. Basically all I wear band shirts, tool, and... I'll yeah. wear 49ers stuff every once in a while. Fuck the Niners. Yeah. Fuck the Niners this year. Yeah. And fuck the Raiders, too. <laughs> They suck, You know too. what? We gotta go to Vegas and just watch... Like, when this whole coronavirus shit goes away, we gotta take a trip to Vegas, go to a Raiders, Raiders game. game. We probably can't even afford the tickets in Vegas. The tickets for that shit is probably yeah, just crazy cheap expensive. No, t- tickets to Vegas are cheap because they want you to get there and, you know, gamble all your money away. But for the Raiders stadium? Oh, for oh, for tickets for the stadium? Yeah. No, that's probably a little bit... I'll bang it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a baller now. <laughs> Okay, uh, but we do need to make a trip to Vegas. Yeah, we should do I, I a podcast cool. episode from Vegas. Yeah, that'd be sick. Podcast from Vegas. We do Hostel Fucking Three, which take place in Vegas. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. They kidnap people in Vegas and kill them. Don't like Hostel, though. I'll do it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh. That'd be fun, though. We should definitely plan a trip to Vegas. Nathan will go with us, for sure. Dude, we should get Nathan on one of these episodes. We should. I actually asked him to come over tonight, but he was watching his, his uh, son. Oh, and so, shit. Yeah. So I was like, hey, come over. He was like, nah, I gotta watch the kid. You know, kids, little babies, they gotta be watched. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we could do one. No, we should plan it out sometime. We'll plan it. We should have a guest star, my cousin Nathan and uh, yeah. Clint's brother-in-law. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Because Nathan can talk for days. <laughs> and I, he's just like you. He'd never seen any of this shit. Yeah, that's true. So, also for Hellraiser, there was no ever official game made for Hellraiser. That'd be a cool game, actually, I think. They, they could do a lot of different things with the Cenobites coming in, portaling in from whatever dimension they are, and that chick. You'd probably be that, that daughter running around trying so, to help stuff out and save her dad or whatever. There, there was no official game for Hellraiser. Um, if any was there a you, board game? If any, no. No? If any of you, no. if, if any of you have watched my YouTube channel, Retro or Die. Oh, that's awful. Uh, hey. No, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at that. Oh. Now you're, I'm sorry, I was the looking, woman, at, the I woman was looking with, at the video, not what Clint was saying. The, or the, woman, was with, saying. the woman with elbow pants. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Retro, dot, retro or Die is awesome. You should go check you're, it out. You're drinking beer, aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah, arse die. Did I say that? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, this is when the podcast gets good. This is when it starts getting really good. <laughs> anyway, sponsor us if you want our beer. Your, yeah, well, our please, beer. Some, your beer. Some be- You know what? beer company, a brewery, or a kombucha company. Because I'm trying to switch over from beer to kombucha. So if a kombucha... kombucha? Kombucha. It's like a... It's kombucha a, or kombucha? Kombucha. Kombucha. What's it's, that? It's like... Well, they make it with tea, but they make it alcoholic, too. It's, it's really okay. good. It's I've really never good. had that. It's healthy for you, actually. It's really good. Then why are we drinking this? That's what I'm saying. Kombucha is a better way to get your alcohol. Okay, well... It's got probiotics in it. When are you going to invite me over to have some? I actually have some in my fridge right now. You want to come over? Yes. All right. Video games. Video games. What video games? I don't have any video games. Nothing's hooked up. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm actually planning on going home and playing Dota tonight. (laughs) Fuck that game. Fuck that game. It's a great game. It is such a great game. So... I don't understand. Anyway, we'll do... Talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Video games. So Hellraiser had no official... Actual video game. In the 80s, there was a, <laughs> funny enough, a, a Bible-related video game company called Color Dreams. Oh, I remember these Bible video games. Yeah. 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 It, okay. made, it made the fucking Moses game. There was a few different ones, yeah. yeah. King of Kings was uh-huh. one. King of Kings, I remember that one too. Yeah. So those were the NES games that religious people would buy because they yeah. don't want them to have fucking Zelda. Or Metroid or yeah, something like that. I love that. I love how Bible people always make some type of alternate offshoot that's slightly worse, but still mm-hmm. kind of there. So that's that's the that's hilarious thing. That's the hilarious thing about this is that Color Dreams, after they made these fucking games, they their last game that they tried to actually make was fucking Hellraiser. The the Bible company? Yeah. Hellraiser? They tried to make Hellraiser on NES. This is Because the people that were working there were not fucking religious. Uh-huh. They're just making these games to make money. Yeah. And they were trying to do something revolutionary at the time with the NES. 
and NES boards on, on the ROMs and the chips and stuff, and they were going to make like a super ROM to make this game. They were going to make it something revolutionary that we've never seen with the NES games before. And I made a whole video on it on the Retro or Die channel for you to go check out. It's okay. called Hellraiser, The Lost NES Game. Nice. Very good video. It is considered by most of my subscribers as the best video I've ever made. Really? Yes. And you've gotten views of like 7,000 up on some of your videos. 20,000 and up. 20,000 and up. Okay. <laughs> the ones that I was looking at were like 7,000. I forgot which, which ones they were. Most of those, the, the ones that are in the 7,000, 5,000 range are like movie reviews of people like Dragon, uh, what the fuck is just Dragon? Rain of Fire. Shit like that. People are like, oh, there's no fucking Rain of Fire, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Or Manhunt 2. A video game that sucks. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Hellraiser, the NES game, was the one official game that was going to be released, but because they couldn't get the money to make the fucking boards, they had the whole project outline of the boards to make this fucking game. And there's a still shot image of this game in the magazine that I have in my closet behind you. <laughs> that was a Halloween edition of a video game magazine where they talk about the game and the boards and everything, but they couldn't get the money. They couldn't get the money. So the fucking game was canceled in the middle of its development. Never came out. And it would have been the third horror movie-related NES game ever made because there was a Jason. By some type of Bible company. which is By a Bible company. That's weird. And it would have been following the Friday the 13th game and the, Friday the, or the Nightmare on Elm Street game. There would have been a Hellraiser game. Hmm. Never came out, though. That's sad. And... The only other game that I know that has Pinhead in it is a indie game that's not licensed, of course, that I actually did uh, interview with the developers back in like 2013 called Terrordrome. And Terrordrome was a fighting game like Mortal Kombat where all it had was horror movie characters that were iconic. Okay. So you could have Pinhead fight Ash from Evil Dead or Pumpkinhead versus yeah. Jason it was a very cool game. That's and I think cool. you can still get it today if it hasn't been, you know, cease and desist lettered by every <laughs> fucking movie company at this point. This was a long time ago. But those are the only things I can think of that had Pinhead's ever been in a video game, not an official game. Hmm. So. Yeah, I can see Pinhead being in, like, a Mortal Kombat game, actually. Because he's cool looking. He, oh my, dude, he would be so cool in a Mortal Kombat game. He'd be perfect in Mortal yeah. Kombat. He's got the those chains, kind of like Scorpion, you know, the get over here. He's got those chains that, like, hook into people. He's got the Cenobite dudes that... He's got the around. Cenobites. He could definitely have those special kill screens where it's like, where the chains all come through and take someone apart yeah, at the end. Like to explode them. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. No tears. It's waste of sweet suffering. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't in this one, is it? Yeah, it is. It is? I don't remember that one. Yeah, he says it when the chatter has got his fingers in the chick's mouth. She's like, it's just a puzzle box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. Funny. I mean, there's... I can understand why you want to know, because I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah. Pinhead's quotes are just so fucking yeah, iconic. Everything, is, everything he says is kind of cool. Like, even the way he talks. And everything. And... Out of all the movies that, that... That's why it's sad that you only see him a few times, because like, yeah. he says so much cool stuff, you just want to hear more of it. 
Out of all the movies, out of the ten movies, I only did a movie review on my channel for one, and it was Hellraiser Judgment. And I was the only reason was because I was so excited to see the sequel for that movie because the commercial was one of those bait and switch commercials. Like, uh, oh my god, Hellraiser's gonna be brought back into the fucking fold. Like, yeah. it's not gonna be a joke anymore. And then I watched it and it was bullshit. And I was pissed that I, I watched it. And I did like a whole stupid little cutscene at the beginning where I'm being invaded into a, a random house by the Cenobites. I'll, we'll have to watch it after okay. that. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny, but the movie sucks. Really bad. Oh, another thing about the last Hellraiser movie. The last two Hellraiser movies. Uh, Doug Bradley, the guy that plays Pinhead, mm -hmm. he was Pinhead in every single Hellraiser movie except for the last two. Okay. And the reason why that was is Dimension Films got pissed off at him for saying that he felt like the Hellraiser movie franchise was being milked. Which it was. Yeah. So uh, he, was, he was speaking the truth. Yeah. Because speaking truth to power. Definitely, because the, <laughs> la the last one he was in, what he felt like was literally pushing it to the point where it was just, it was a joke. It was a joke at that point. And Dimension Films was like, oh, really? Well, fuck you. You're not going to play this character anymore. We're not even going to call you to ask you to be this character anymore. We're going to replace you. The guy that's been the same character since 86 all the way till fucking 2000-something. Yeah. So They just got rid of him. They got rid of him. Which shows how expendable everyone is when it comes to a movie franchise. If the, if the well, especially when it comes to that many sequels, because when it's become out that far in sequels, like I don't think they even care about characters anymore or actors. But Robert England, I mean, he played Freddy Krueger every single movie, every single movie except for the animated bullshit <laughs> that Michael Bay did. Transformers, Michael Bay. Yeah. Which I mean, also, I didn't know they did an animated version of it. Well, it wasn't animated. It was the one I told you about in the last movie, or the last podcast, where they they made Freddy Krueger completely CGI. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael Bay also redid... But there's a lot of explosions The in Jason movie. one. But he also redid the, the Texas Chainsaw one that I love. Oh. So it was like Michael Bay before he became... Transformers, Michael. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the big shot. Big shot, Michael yeah. Bay. So, what would you give it as far as like a rating? As far as horror movies go, as far as one horror, to ten scale. As far as horror movies go, I probably give Hellraiser the very first film. I I probably stand higher than you. I stand in the eight. What did you say? I said eight. eight. I'd say I eight. said eight. Okay, I say eight also. Okay, eight also. So we're about the same. Though. I think. I think the sequel, uh -huh. because of the parts where it actually gets in, we get to see Pinhead a lot more. We get to know about the Cenobites a lot more. That's what's cool. It's yeah. a little stronger mm -hmm. than this movie. It's just so that's as weird, weird. The sequel is actually you're saying it's stronger than the. I do think it's stronger. Original. I do okay. think it's stronger. That's... But it's only strong because of the first film. I almost right. feel like so these, it builds off of it. Yeah, I almost feel like these two films are almost so it's a foundation and then a build off of. Yeah, it's like when you when you watch Terminator One and Terminator Two, it's yeah. almost Terminator like Terminator Two's better. You could just put both films together. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could put both these movies together and not stop, and you wouldn't really know that it was the like one film ended and another film began. Mm -hmm. So 
I feel like the second part's stronger because you get to know more about the lore about the Cenobites. Yeah, that's why I'm excited to see the next one is because I <coughs> want to know more about Hellraiser. And like you said, this this movie laid the groundwork for that, right? Yeah. Like, it kind of introduced me to Pinhead. I'm just like, I want to see more of him. I want to see what's up with him. I want to see what's up with his dimension and his whole backstory. Yeah. So the, the next one I'm excited about. And the hobo thing, I could see why people would not understand what this fucking hobo the throughout hobo, the entire uh, yeah, movie. I was wondering that too. It's like he's kind of thrown in here, and then he shows up at the very end and turns into a weird dragon demon thing. Like, what's <laughs> up with that? Like, doesn't really. It doesn't explain make any sense. It doesn't explain a shit, and I can understand why. Like, if you're a general movie audience, someone that's this is what's out at the time, I'm gonna go watch it. What the fuck does this mean? Yeah. And you don't go see a sequel or whatever, but the demon dragon thing is like right at the beginning of the second one. So you lose no time with the sequels. And that's what I like about a lot of horror movie sequels. If they can do it right at the beginning of where the last one left off, I really like that. I don't like it where they, it's five years in the future and you're like, what the fuck happened? Uh, I like it when it's right after. So I do too, actually, because it it's easy to pick up and go off of that, right? Because you just watch that one. I mean, it's cool to watch them back to back in that sense. Which, yeah, which you were saying we could do tonight, but I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of. It's a big commitment. That's a big commitment. We should have started earlier if we wanted to do that, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, to go back to back without any type of like really time period in between. I think that's really cool because it's easy to follow, you know, that. You don't have to have, like, it's like, well, five years later, well, what happened in that five years then, you know? It's like, yeah. exactly, right after that first movie, this is what happened. Or if a sexist Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation two years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, that was weird because they even said in the, in the, whatever, the opening credits for that dude who was very non-enthusiastical. He was like, and this little side story happened. <laughs> like, this little thing that doesn't even really matter happened. Like, they even kind of say that. So, uh, the taglines. The taglines we go through pretty much for every movie. Yeah. Um, I actually really like these. I like these, too. <laughs> the taglines is, the first one, will tear your soul apart. Which makes sense. Which makes yeah. sense. This one, I don't, I don't really like, but... There are no limits. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this one's really bad, I think. Satan's done waiting. Satan's done waiting. And it's spelled that way. Waiting. Waiting. That was pretty dumb. They don't ever mention Satan or hell in the movie. Nope. Uh, this this one. We have such sights to show you. That's kind of okay. That's cool. Okay. And then the last one that I really like. Demons to some. Angels yes. to others. That is the best quote out of the whole. Movie, it is I the think. best one, and I think it's what's on the box of the original. Oh, really? Yeah, that's DHS. Very freaking cool quote. Yeah, demons to some, angels to others. I agree, and when they say that, it makes absolute sense. <laughs> yeah. Depending on what you're there for, if you're true of heart, that's you. You came there knowing what the box is going to do and what it entails, because. There's lore behind the box that isn't explained in the first movie, but you you know, knowing what these boxes are, mm -hmm. what you're going to get. And if you're seeking that pain, pleasure thing, yeah, 
angels to some. Great place for you. <laughs> and someone that's also, and if you're a person who's just like, yeah, fucking right. What the fuck's gonna happen? I play with this stupid box. Yeah. Demons to others yeah. when you're fucking being ripped to pieces. You know? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. It does. And it kind of goes along with the whole sexual undertones of S&M thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that whole lifestyle could be like a awful, horrible thing to some, but others is like, they love it. It's so, awful to me on record. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one that likes pain myself. Well, like, I, mean, I don't like inflicting pain. I don't like receiving pain. So I mean, it's not for me. But if you like it, go for it. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm Mr. Missionary. But <laughs> you Mr. Could, Missionary. Uh, but I'm not like, you know, fucking throw hooks in my back as I'm fucking yeah, someone. Exactly. I'm not going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even fucking think acupuncture is cool. Not like ball gags in your mouth. And stuff. No. Fuck no. <laughs> I'm not the gimp. Yeah. If you want to put ball gags in your mouth, I'm not judging you. Go for it. It's just not for me. I mean, I'm going to kind of a little think it's weird. <laughs> but you can think it's weird unless you're, like, sleeping with the person, right? Who cares? Who cares what other people do, whether yeah. they want to put ball gags in the mouth or not? Like, that's what you do in your own I mind. mean, if it's Pulp Fiction and you got them in a basement, then you're what? raping other people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. That's, <laughs> that's different. That was, that was, like, weird gimp stuff. <laughs> Bring out the gimp. Yeah. <laughs> I did hit record, right? <laughs> that would have sucked, dude. Yeah. All I've done that in. I've done that making videos before. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That is awful. And I've thrown shit like yeah. across the room. I would too, dude. That's a lot of like mental energy spent for nothing. You're talking to yourself basically. Yeah. <laughs> You're schizophrenic. I seen a, I saw a lot of bad reviews on this movie because of how so just speaking on that alone. Do you, did you notice at the end of the movie mm-hmm. when she's shooting the Cenobites with the box? It's kind of a lackluster ending, right? Yeah. And they just kind of disintegrate and disappear. Yeah, it's kind of like she just puts this box together. Except for Butterball, who just kind of gets fucked up by the house falling on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Clive Barker had a reason for that. It's because they only had a certain amount of budget. Him and the, and the special effects guy got super drunk and they fucking... Bet, beat their asses to get that shit done. They had no money left, and that was what they can do for the end of the movie. Oh god! They had no money to do any more <laughs> shit, and that's what they came up with at the end. And that's why that's his excuse of why it's kind of it might look lackluster at the yeah. end of why the Cenobites just kind of just it, it does just, look like a quick wrap up. A yeah, bit. yeah. And that's his excuse. But you know what? When I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? It makes sense. Why would they not be destroyed by the box or be taken yeah, back by the box? Yeah, here by it, so why not be taken away by it? Yeah. But a lot of reviews that I read on the internet about this movie, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with the ending? Why the fuck is the ending so bad? Why, why is it so cheap looking? Why are the effects <laughs> so bad at the end? People just, for some reason, can't get past the ending. Right. The ending is like their giant hang-up. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was, like, impressive or anything, but it wasn't, like, horrible. No, I've seen way worse endings. Way worse, yeah, for sure. I mean, Friday the 13th movies, I've seen way worse fucking endings for what happens to Jason. Or way worse beginnings of how he gets fucking resurrected. (laughs) You know, he gets resurrected in one movie just from some guy stabbing him with a metal 
uh, fence piece, and it gets hit by lightning like Frankenstein, <laughs> and Jason's alive. You know. Oh wait. Okay. So another thing we were talking about. I think we talked about it in the last episode before we get into the review thing that we're going to talk about. Uh, we were talking about Cenobite. Yeah. And the whole term Cenobite. Yeah. Like where where does delicious. it come from? <laughs> I guess Cenobite is actually like a religious term. Really? Yeah. It's like a religious term way uh-huh. back, way way back in the day. But <clears throat> in Clive Barker's book. The, hellbo- the Hellbound Heart says Cenobites are also known as the Order, the Order of the Gash. So not the not <laughs> the, the order bloody of gash. The gash. Yeah, but the Order of the Gash. <laughs> okay. Which we know what that means. Yeah. I've I've Get some gash. I've called someone a bloody gash before <laughs> in my life. Cenobites were once human, having transformed their current state in their pursuit of gratification. Cenobites are so removed from their former humanity and so dedicated to exploring physical experience that they no longer distinguish between pleasurable sensations and pain. Oh, okay. So that makes actually more sense then. Because I'm like, I had, I didn't see any pleasure. All I saw was pain. But that pain that I saw was actually pleasure to them yeah. and pain because it's the same thing to them. Yeah. Ah, okay. But they, in the second one, they really go into, like, detail with that whole universe of where they fucking come from. And here's that part in the movie. Here's the The part in the movie where the nuns are just like, what the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) And one nun gives her, like, the dirtiest look ever. She's like, why are you such a dirty cunt? (laughs) (laughs) And Black Ice Cube. <laughs> New York. Yeah, he's he looks like Ice Cube from Boys in the Hood. He does same hat and everything. And then this weird thing with the rose. Yeah, I'm not sure what the rose was about. But they showed I mean, it like a bunch of times. I too. mean, you know why? I what did I say? It was what was the rose mean? Vagina. Well, yeah, it's like it's like. Is that the bloody gas coming? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like coming to coming to maturity. Oh, okay. Like. I don't know. I've heard it before and seen it before in art. Like, and why is can... this nurse watching a rose bloom? I don't know. It's like her blooming. It, it's her blooming into knowing what the fuck's going on. So she's know. she's become enlightened. Enlightened. She understands what's going on now. I mean, it, I it's not me being perverted. I've seen a lot of stuff about roses and vaginas. Yeah. Being like somehow the same in art. You know. Yeah. No, no, we're talking about. I mean, that's the first thing I thought when I saw that. They call it like their flower or their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor just has the box in his pocket. Yeah, just like, I'm just going to leave it here to jog your memory. And why would the police want to speak to her? I didn't understand that. I don't know. Maybe because they thought she was on drugs. Yeah, but still... Even, even a person that overdoses on the street and gets taken to the hospital, the police don't come and talk to him. Where'd you get those drugs? So, getting to one of the worst reviews I ever saw on this movie was by Roger Ebert. Oh, okay, Ebert. Uh, he's dead now. Is he? One of them's dead. He's, he's Ebert and Roper. Ebert. It was like a huge movie critic, like very well. Yeah, known. one of them died because they had that. They had the show, but it was both of them, right? Was it Ebert, Ebert. and Roper? I thought, was it Ebert and Ebert? It wasn't Ebert and Ebert. 
Roger Ebert? I don't know. I forgot. Roger Ebert, though. Chicago Sun-Times said, This is a movie without wit, style, (laughs) or reason. And the true horror of the actors were made to portray, and techniques to realize its bankruptcy of the imagination. Okay, he's just throwing a lot of words there. Yeah, he's a piece of... It's it's, it's a review that means nothing. I bet if you read any review by him on a horror movie, it's going to be like that. Why the fuck did he even get to watch the movie? Well, like what he's makes a, he's a critic? That's what he does. He watches movies and says stuff. About when you're when you're, the, what I don't understand is when you're a critic of something. I don't care about how many movies it is, or what movie it is. If I'm if I'm being paid as a critic to watch a movie, and and it's a horror movie or a romantic comedy, or whatever it is, I'm gonna write something about the actual movie. Yeah. I'm not going to write just a bunch of $10 words and say some bullshit. We all should write write the movie and the genre of the movie, right? So if you're writing for a horror movie, you have to understand what a horror movie entails and write about it in that way. If you're writing in a romantic comedy, then you have to be like, okay, this is what romantic comedies usually have, and this is kind of the way that they go. Okay, it makes sense in this sense. But, yeah, like, I don't... Get why he would. But if you get the cushy job of being able to write, watch, sit How and watch easy a movie. Is that? You sit and watch a movie and freaking write about it. <laughs> Jeez, and you get paid for that? Yeah. You make a living off of that? Yeah. Sign me up. Like, I, I don't get why it would be so hard to actually write a paragraph. Even if you're only required to write a paragraph, something about the movie. His, his review doesn't tell me anything about what the actual movie is. Yeah. He's like, oh. It would have been better off than an Amazon review. The one word thing we saw on the flight. <laughs> horrible. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> horrible. Yeah, I really like that one. That was funny. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the critic reviews that I saw on this are good. And that's why we don't have very many bad ones to read this time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find ones that were funny enough to read on this podcast episode about this movie. Uh-huh. It was just like... The effects are bad at the end, is what I saw. Okay. And it's people that didn't look into why. I didn't really think the effects were horrible at the end for the time period. It was kind of like... I thought it made sense yeah. for the end. She uses the I box like... against, the, against the creatures that come out. <laughs> it made sense. Yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't strike me as horrible as the ending. Like It was like a little cheesy or whatever the way that she... Use the box and stuff, whatever. But and the boyfriend, like, just randomly coming into the house and yeah, kind of Yeah, he's actually very calm about the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. He's <And laughs> like, like, oh, monsters are chasing us. That sucks. Let's get rid of them. Yeah, this giant thing came out of the door with a spike and a... And I'm dressed like I'm in the Depeche mode. This is the best scene of the entire movie, I think. I think this is the selling scene of the entire movie where they're in the hospital and the Cenobites all come together to talk to Kirsty. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was alright. This is my favorite scene. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene was probably near the end where they had more... I like Pinhead. I feel like whenever I saw Pinhead, I was like, oh yes, this is cool. So whenever I saw Pinhead talk, those were my favorite parts. That's why I think this part's so strong. 
Because it has Pinhead Radio. And he, I think it's where he talks the most, uh, too. Randy Jackson. <laughs> See, every time he talks, it's... Yeah, that's so cool. That's cool. I I I think that we as horror fans get so just desensitized mm-hmm. to movies where you you almost forget how cool this stuff can actually be because you saw it so young, and you're like, wow, this is really cool. And then you watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah. And it loses the effect. Watching it with you today, being someone that first saw it, it brought those feelings back where I was like, just watching you. And I was <laughs> like, experience it. It yeah. made me so excited and, and just appreciate it more again, seeing it for the, That's again. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool to see your your whole reaction to that. And Pinhead is so different. Pinhead's cool. I like Pinhead a lot. And that's why I'm like, I wish he was in it more. Like, yeah. I felt like uh, I didn't see enough of him. He's so, so different compared to Jason and Freddy Krueger. Yeah, because it's also like the whole dimension thing. Like, he's from a different dimension. So I can't even necessarily say he's evil. He's kind of just doing what he's, he's meant doing to do. He's doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of doing what he's meant to do. And, he's not a fucking... And he looks freaking cool. Like... All and he these talks nails in his cool. head, like why? They don't explain why he has the nails in his head, in his head or anything like that. So you're just kind of wondering about like why is he like the way he is, and that's why I want to see the next one. It's like I want to have more explanation on the backstory of that dude. I'm very excited for you to see the next one because it it just gets it's just so much more in detail than this one. This one doesn't give you any context of the Senbite universe. Right. You know? Yeah. So. They just briefly touch on it in this one. They just barely even say anything. It's mainly about the the family. Say a good 45 minutes of the movie was just basically the family talking and with Frank and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. The Cenobites and Pinhead doesn't actually really get involved in the movie until the very end. So, okay. So, (laughs) we're going to. We're going to get into the end of the show now, okay. where we got our listener mail. Listener mail, all right. And this is most, of it, done most of it is for you. <laughs> and uh, I do want to reiterate at the end here that if you do want to write to us, you can now, well, you can write to us on our website, dobymidnight.com. For sure. You can write to me on Instagram, retro.com or dot die or twitter retro or die and now brett because Uh, of his wager (laughs) that he posted against the audience about our listenership has to make a social media platform for for you the listeners to get in contact with him how many listeners do we have then it's above 50 it's above 50 so i have to make an instagram account now yeah Okay. I we believe. are over 100 at this point. Wow, that's way more than I thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so our Insta- my Instagram that I make, what do I call that then? I don't know. Do by Midnight? I have a Do My do by Midnight Instagram. I'll just give it to you. Okay. So I have to make a separate one then? 
I'll give you the do by midnight one if you want. So I just, and you just put your picture on it. I'll just count that as mine. Yeah. Okay. But I'll I'll give you the login info if you want. Yeah. If you don't want to create one. I've never been on Instagram, so. Instagram, you know what I like about Instagram? I used to like Twitter a lot. I don't really use Twitter very much anymore because Twitter seems to have, like, died. But what I like about Instagram is, for me, all I do is really post shit in my collection on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it's like one day I'll post a picture of Resident Evil. One day I'll post a picture of a horror movie. Yeah. And you just find people with a like-minded interest and they write to you. Oh, okay. But because now you are a public figure on a <laughs> public figure <laughs> on a podcast <laughs> on a podcast, people are gonna want to know more about you, Brett. People are gonna people are gonna be interested in seeing maybe your tool collection or maybe writing to you about the fucking podcast episodes. All right. I don't know, but it's stuff that you could bring to the table maybe next episode. <laughs> All right. Okay. So be sure to be on the lookout for for Brett's. Instagram account. Yeah, uh, I'll, we'll have to figure that out with the, the, next, <laughs> the next week, I guess. I'm so I was so I, excited. I'm honestly like shocked. <laughs> I was not expecting to. I was so excited because Instagram. I knew about this like mid last week. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, oh, you, you Brad's gonna eat his words. You didn't even text me or anything nope. about it. <laughs> nope, because I didn't want you to have <laughs> any. Out. I didn't want you to be able to be like, well. Maybe a hundred listeners. (laughs) (laughs) You know me too well. I do. I do. All right. So we will get into our questions and comments now. (laughs) Okay. So. uh, Well, you kind of already answered this one. This question comes from Ricky at Video Homicide on Instagram. That's a cool name, Video Homicide. He says... Did you expect to see more Pinhead? I did. Uh, yeah, definitely. Way more Pinhead is what I was <laughs> expecting. Especially since, as a kid, going into video stores, every time I saw a Hellraiser, it was probably Hellraiser when I think about it now, since I was three years old when this came out. The other Hellraisers, when I saw one when I was older, was probably like three, four, five, right? Mm-hmm. It probably was. And every single poster, everything that I saw was always Pinhead, always Pinhead. I did. That's why when I watched this and I saw this family, I had never seen any of this family on any of the posters or anything. No, because in every movie except for the first two, it's always different people. Okay, so yeah, they don't even follow the family then. No, after the second one. Yeah, so definitely, I was expecting way more of Pinhead. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say I was disappointed by the movie of not seeing as much Pinhead, but I, I uh, just because you told me the second movie has more of it and mm-hmm. the more of like the backstory. In that case, I kind of understand it. I will take this as a foundation movie, mm-hmm. and then the next movie would be more more of what I wanted to see of Pinhead. But yeah, I would definitely say I, I was expecting more Pinhead, for sure. And then this one's for us both. What is your favorite scene in the movie? Which we kind of said, but get into your favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, my favorite scene... Um, I would say the... Kind of nor- towards the end where they actually get Frank. So this part right yeah, here. Yeah, kind of right here. Like this right here, if you pause it, pause it right there. Yeah. Where it's got these three guys. Where it's got the pinhead, it's got Chatter, and then it's got Randy Jackson on the right-hand side. Where they're asking for Frank. Or are you are you talking about the part where they where she actually tricks Frank? No, where she tricks Frank, and then they... they uh, you yeah, set me up. Yeah, and then they they send the the chains after him, yeah. and then they like rip him apart. 
Yeah. That was cool. I, I do love that part. I do like that part a lot. But my favorite scene, I think, is just the initial uh, introduction to uh, the the daughter of the main girl's character. I keep forgetting her name. Um, Chris, Christy? Christy, Christy. Yeah. Where they're in the hospital, and he's just like, you opened the box, <laughs> we came. Yeah, it that's just, cool too. It's so ominous because... Yeah. She has no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. You as the audience don't know why the fuck, whenever the box is touched, these fucking guys come out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're being punished for not, it, it's like curiosity killed the cat. You don't yeah. know what the fuck you just did. Yeah. When Frank says, don't touch the box, it opens up passageways or doorways. Doorway. Yeah, it opens up doors. It's like, it really does, and you don't get fucked. <laughs> So it's like that. That is definitely one of my my favorite scenes. That's a good question, though. Definitely a good. Question. Very good. Move, And then we have one more question just for you. Oh, feel special. Thank you. <clears throat> if he was to really enjoy these flicks, is there a chance he would seek them out on home video, DVD, or Blu-ray? I buy myself? Yeah, would you buy these? Would I buy them? Yeah, would you seek these out? VHS, Blu-ray, DVD. And, when, and I kind of already said to this guy, I was like, I kind of already think I know his answer. <laughs> I definitely know you're not going to buy these on VHS. No, no definitely not VHS, because first of all, I don't have a VCR. <laughs> um, like 99% of America, I don't have a VCR. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, as far as Blu-ray, I, I probably wouldn't watch horror movies over again. Unless mm-hmm. I was with somebody else. Uh, like I said before, I will watch comedies over again. Actually, you know what? I really don't watch movies that much over again. I watch TV series over a lot. Mm-hmm. Every year I have certain TV series that I watch over and over again. Is it a certain time of the year? Yeah, every year. like Usually during the summer I'll watch like Game of Thrones over again. Um, I'll watch uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia every year over again. Um yeah, I've never seen any of those. Oh my gosh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is such a great show. Uh, Maybe I was just talking to the guy who didn't finish Game of Thrones. Or didn't, or didn't watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, I would, I would say don't finish Game of Thrones. Watch the first seven seasons <laughs> and then leave it, at, leave it fucking at that. Because honestly, the eighth season's ruined it for me. As soon as the eighth season came out, I stopped watching it over again. Like, it actually ruined the series for me. Fuck. Which sucks because I actually own all seven... Uh, the first seven seasons on DVD, I bought all the box sets because I was like super into it. I love like fantasy. Sons of Anarchy. What? Not like Sons of Anarchy, where you <laughs> bought the third season. Yeah, the the actually that season's not that bad. <laughs> as soon as you get past the Ireland part, but Sons of Anarchy is another one that's a great one. Um, I don't really watch that one over too much again. I've watched it like two or three times, I think. But like I said, usually TV series I'll watch over again. Movies. Unless it's like Die Hard or an action, I probably mm-hmm. won't watch it. See, over again. I kind of already—I didn't say even say this response back, but I already knew your response to this was going to be, "Of course not, you're going to buy these. <laughs> Why would you buy them? Yeah, I own all of these. Why would you buy them? I'm not going to—I'm not going to buy them. And the reason why I'm watching them is because it's fun to watch them for the first time and then talk about them yeah. with uh, Forrest and you know this podcast and, as my perspective. But I probably won't watch it over again. No. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> And there's actually probably not very many 80s films that I do watch over and over again. I mean, what about Goonies? 
I I will watch that over again, actually. Or uh, Beetlejuice. I'll probably watch Beetlejuice over again Batman. too. Batman. Mm, I don't know. I really am not a big fan of Batman. What? No. What you like Superman more? No, I didn't like Superman actually. I hate. I always Superman. thought Superman was stupid. I I thought Superman was the lamest superhero. I thought it was kind of a cop out. He can do anything, and he can't get hurt, so what's the freaking point? <laughs> he's going to win, right? I agree. Even when he's supposed to, I own all the comic books of when that, Superman died. I, he I, doesn't even really die. Before they ruined Spider-Man with all the movies they made about him. That's why I liked Spider-Man so much, because he was this person that was still kind of human, and he had these superpowers, but he was still defeatable. And he did get beat up a ton. Like, he got messed up by Dr. Octopus and all this, you know, Green Goblin. He almost gets killed by Venom. Yeah, so he's totally... Oh, yeah, Venom, too, which was an awesome... uh, Todd McFarlane's first... Villain? Introduction to Spider-Man. He makes Venom. And he almost kills Spider-Man. Yeah, so that's why I kind of like that aspect where it's more... I can relate to the superhero more. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think superheroes were kind of invented for. Where it's like you can kind of be like see yourself in that, and then the superpowers are more of like you relating it to whatever like talents you have or something like that. Yeah, you know? so, I think that's why when when I read Watchmen and then when I saw when I saw the movie, you know, Watchmen I always felt like was the most realistic mm-hmm. because they're superheroes with problems. They're they're. They're people, yep. and with superpowers, but they're fucked up like people are. Yeah, they don't have the, the 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 mental things like Batman. Oh, I'm not gonna kill, even though Batman kills a lot of people. <laughs> Batman has those rules where I don't use guns and I don't yeah, kill people. Exactly. Watchmen's not like that. They will. I mean, especially Rorschach, the best character I think out of Watchmen. No mercy, like Spawn. No mercy. Will fucking kill people. If they need to be fucking put down. That's why I like Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> but Rorschach's so much cooler. His line his line in the fucking movie and in the comic book that they did, uh, dogs get, or uh, <laughs> uh, men go to jail, dogs get put down, and then he <laughs> fucking kills the guy. It's fucking great. That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so... Other responses we got. Questions, though. Thanks for the questions, guys. Very good questions. I hope to get more, very much, and especially more on your Instagram. Um, (laughs) On the Fly episode, we got very good podcast from the Clown Meat. That's awesome. Clown Meat? The Clown Meat. Like M-E-A-T or M-E-E-T? (laughs) M-E-A-T. That's a cool name, too. (laughs) Yep. It's from the channel All Clowns Go to Heaven. (laughs) Right. Great, great channel on YouTube. Um, another one that we got on our, well, we had one person request to be on our podcast. A what? A person requested to be on our podcast. To be on our podcast? Yeah. That I, uh, no. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> we don't know you, otherwise we probably yeah, would I don't have take, you. Yeah, I don't, I don't take people on our podcast that, that we don't actually know. There's like. just, yeah, there's too many things that we don't know about, like who you are, what you're going to say, all that stuff. So you can't really predict how that's going to go. Yeah. Nothing against you. It's just, no. I think it's pretty normal. 
And uh, another one from Kyle Thompson on YouTube said, just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying your guys' podcast so awesome. far. Well, then this whole thing is worth it. It I mean, is. If, if one person can get enjoyment out of what we're doing right now, then awesome, because we're just sitting here having fun, right? So if somebody else I can agree, listen and I, in and have fun with us, and that is so awesome. I think this is, out of everything that I've done in probably the last two years, I will say, on YouTube, and... And I guess just social media in general when creating content, I think this is the most fun I've had in the last two years. That's really cool. Is being awesome. able to do this podcast with someone that I know, especially. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other for almost 12 years. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's a long time. And we have a really funny backstory yeah. to our friendship that we could tell one day. Yeah. We, need, we should totally tell that one we day. Need, yeah. We need 300 <laughs> listeners for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. 300 <laughs> listeners will tell the backstory. We get 200 listeners, maybe we'll do a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> because, on, yeah, actually, if you asked us back when we first were meeting each other that we would be as close as we are right now, yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck? No what way. Fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But... In the last two years, this is the most fun that I think that I've had creating something because... That's really cool. It's... I'm having a ton of fun, too. Like, yeah. This is really fun. And especially in the last year, with the pandemic going on, yeah. you can't fucking can communicate or talk to people in real life. I you know. have to go through the computer screen with everything now. Yeah. Uh, just people are just becoming so less connected. Yeah. But we, in this last few months, actually, have become more connected, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. And I think that's the great dynamic is because out of all the years I've been wanting to do podcasts or I've done podcasts and it's just, it's over the internet, it's not fun for me. I do not like having to have human interaction done through a computer screen. It's totally different. Like You can't, you can't feed off someone's emotion. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know. And there's the whole thing too. Like when you're talking to the internet, there's this like kind of a slight delay. Like yeah. It's like the dump weird. button on the fucking radio. Yeah. So like you're, you're kind of talking over each other sometimes and then you'll, you'll be like, you'll both stop because you don't want to talk over each other mm -hmm. and there'll be a silence and it's awkward and it's like choppy and yeah, it's just not the same as like when you're one-to-one -one person, you feed off the other person's vibes you, you understand, like, you could make eye contact with mm -hmm. them. You're not watching a computer screen. If you, yeah, it's just, it's a ton better. And atmosphere. Atmosphere, I think, also yeah, makes definitely. a huge, huge difference. Like, I mean, this isn't a fucking studio. No, this is cool, though. But like, it's fun to look around. This office has got a lot of shit in it. Yeah. I like, I like coming in here and just like, yeah, it's just like, this is look our, at all the stuff. There's this is our headquarters. Stuff all around. And, <laughs> it's and our headquarters. You got uh, Myra right there and... Who? Is that her name? Myra? Elvira? Elvira. Yeah. I'm <laughs> close. Whatever. Myra's the chick from um, Looney Tunes, isn't it? The chick that liked all the pets and stuff. Oh, fuck yeah. What was that chick's name? Is it Myra? I thought it was Myra. Is it from Tiny Tunes? Tiny Tunes, yeah. Tiny Tunes. Oh, Elmira? Elmira. Elmira. Okay. Elmira is a pain. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I can't believe I remember that. Yeah, yeah, a good memory, man. <laughs> but yeah, her whole thing was choking the cats till they like look like they're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hug you and squeeze you. I'm gonna hug you and love you. Yeah. <laughs> the Animaniacs had a chick too that was like that. She did. Or I think they were tied together. Wasn't it the same? Animaniacs because they were Warner Brothers. Different. 
I think I am. But they're Warner Brothers. They're both Warner Brothers, right? But I think they always like there was like crossover. Were there? Maybe, yeah. yeah, possibly. Animaniacs was a great show too, but well, they brought yeah, it back. Kind of going off on a tangent there. They brought it back. They made Animani- Animaniacs last year. They brought it back. Oh wow! And it's like commentary because satire and commentary on our political structure and cartoons. Yeah. In the '90s, but they brought it back. Hello, times. nurse. Yeah, that would be all like sexist now, though. <laughs> but they didn't give a shit. I what I didn't watch the new episodes. From what I understand, though, is that they're exactly the same. Oh, really? And they That's they cool. riff on our politics of today, including our exiting president. Yeah. So it's awesome. That's cool. Well, so final thoughts. You thought Hellraiser was an eight. Solid eight. 8, enjoyed it, thought it was a definite horror movie. I would say this is, as far as the horror movies we've watched so far, this is the top horror movie as far as it is a horror movie, what I am expecting out of a horror movie. Uh, it's got the disturbing aspect, it's got an evil aspect, it's even got a different dimension aspect, right? So yeah, There's a lot of undertones in, in the first one that you don't... It, it it like I said, it sinks your hook. It sinks it hooks into you. Mm-hmm. And wants you to. Yeah, I know definitely more. want to learn more about Pinhead. So I think the whole uh, purpose of the movie was kind of that. It was kind of to lay the foundation and groundwork of it. And uh, I'm excited to see the next one. Yeah, I agree. I think if I were to look at it like arbitrarily and non. Rose tinted, I would say still an eight. Okay. I would say it's so an eight. So we got the same score. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say a nine because there are parts of the story that what I noticed is that where there tra- there's scenes in it where it just kind of abruptly changes into something else, mm-hmm. which is kind of confusing. Even for me today when I was watching it with you, I didn't say anything while we were watching it, but while... Like, one thing's happening, and then all of a sudden it changes to, to Kirstie's nightmare about the person on the bed with the screaming baby. Then all of a sudden it's back to normal. And all of a sudden it's she's she's walking down the alleyway, and then we're watching the Rose thing randomly. And then yeah. there's just a lot of... There's a lot of things that kind of don't make coherent sense that, for me, was just like, okay. I can, I can totally get that, because... The first time I saw, you know, when Frank was at the door when it was raining, mm-hmm. I thought it was present day. Yeah, like they you were they, asking me. Yeah, I was like, "Why is Frank there?" I thought he was dead or mm-hmm. got went away, and you're like, "Oh, it's, it's a flashback." It's a flashback. I wouldn't have known that unless he said it was a flashback. Mm-hmm. So there, there was definitely some aspects where they could have made it a little bit smoother in showing that this is the past or the you know whatever. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. And that's another thing I guess I can't really comment on because I didn't read the book. Maybe mm-hmm. if you read the book, maybe that's in the book and you would know exactly what's going on immediately if you read the book. Yeah. I didn't. I want to. There's a lot of books I want to read that I haven't read yet. So. <laughs> Not me. There's a lot of books out there that I haven't read that I don't <laughs> read. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is uh, Hellraiser 1 and 2 are the only two that I own on VHS and I will not buy any of the other ones unless they're under a dollar mm. under which I don't normally see 99 cents at the thrift store that's where they have to be 50 cents oh, for me okay. to get so them under 51 cents then. yeah for me <laughs> for me to buy 
the the sequels. So you would never buy this on or the third through tenth one on VHS, I definitely on DVD buy, or no, Blu-ray. No, I only own the first one on DVD. Oh. I don't own any of the rest of them on DVD. I own the first two on VHS, and I would not ever, ever buy the ninth or tenth one on anything. I think they are literally that bad, that bad. Where <laughs> I would not fucking. All right, them. so we'll we'll watch the second one, and we'll probably stop there, then, huh? Yeah, or we'll we'll just go on a different movie altogether. But the second, I think the second movie is fucking great. And I don't think we. I honestly, for me, I don't think we should do a repeat episode maybe until a repeat episode, like a repeat of the franchise, until maybe later. Oh, you mean watch Hellraiser 2 and then go on to a completely different movie and not come back to Hellraiser until like a long... I think we shouldn't come back. I think that's a good idea too. Yeah, I don't think we should come back to Hellraiser 2 until later. So you want to do Hellraiser later on, not next podcast? Yeah. Okay, so what... what, We don't even have a plan for next podcast then. We don't. I mean... Because what's funny is like everything that we've done is... Every podcast we've, we've always we've known. Done, yeah, we're just like, oh, yeah, well, this movie's cool. And then I'm like, yeah, I want this. Or, yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Master, you showed me that thing. Let's do this. I mean, so, we don't know what we're doing next we're, podcast. We're, we're in that weird time now. All the holidays are fucking over. Yeah. The only thing I could think of was fucking Valentine's Day that's coming up, which I already saw in fucking stores, a bunch of shit. Valentine's Day, February, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And there are Valentine's Day horror movies. Oh, there are? But oh. we're not even in February. Yeah, Valentine's Day is a bullshit holiday, too. It is. It's fucking retarded. I figure that all the movies are going to be awful for that. Except for My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, I was about to say that. Have oh, you seen that one? No, I just know the movie. <laughs> oh. I, I hate the original, to be honest with you. I think the remake's better. The original is so boring. So fucking boring. Oh. Like a killer minor. Well, we gotta think what of am something. I in, in fucking Scooby-Doo? Gotta... Scooby-Doo? Yeah, killer minor. Oh, minor forty nine er. Well, we have to think of something for the next podcast. Like we don't know what we're doing. I guess we don't need to figure it out right now. I mean, you but it'd be cool to it'd be cool to say right now, like we're going to do this. So I, everybody knows. I honestly, I do. honestly want to show you either, and and this doesn't. Brett doesn't have to decide right now. Maybe you guys can write to him on his fucking Instagram. Yeah, there we go. But. I really want to show Brett Brainscan. I've never even heard of that. Brainscan has Edward Furlong. I don't know who that is. The kid from fucking Terminator 2. Oh, the squeaky kids. Okay. But he's more of a teenager now, so he doesn't have a stupid squeaky voice. Uh-huh. And do you remember Stay Alive? The movie I showed you about the killer video game. Stay Alive, killer video game. It has Frankie Nunez in it. They play the video game on the Xbox or the PlayStation the 2. Yeah. And the video game kills them if they die. Oh, yeah. You did show me that. You remember that? You kind of remember it, at least. Well, it was Brain- years ago that we watched it. Yeah. Brain Scan's <laughs> like the 90s version of that. Okay. Where Frankie Nunez plays a video game and... And it's a horror movie? Yeah. Well, I have it on VHS. All right. Show me the cover. Oh, it looks cool. Oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> it's either, I mean, it's either that or we want, you know, I don't know. We, we, I have so many horror movies and Brett's seen this so would be cool. little. 
This would be cool because it's about video games, so we could definitely talk about dude video games in with it. As and, well. and there's so much stuff that I want to do with our podcast, and I know Brett wants to do too. Where any video game or any any I'm sorry, video game, any horror movie that has some sort of video game adaptation, yeah, we want to do like something on a video standpoint where we play the fucking video game. Also, yeah, that'd be fun too. Off that movie, like fucking Alien Three. <laughs> Which has got a horrible game. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I don't really know what we can do for the next episode. Well, this is good. Let's do Brain Scan. We'll, All do, right. we'll do Brain Scan, and then we can talk about that, and probably throw in some other of our own video game knowledge into it. All right. Brain Scan. All right. So, you our guys next episode. <laughs> you guys know, and now we know. 1994. Okay, so it was in the 90s. Yep. Awesome. I like 90s stuff. Came out the same time as Texas Chainsaw Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's a little <laughs> bit better than that. <laughs> I've seen it. It is better. All right, cool. I, I can verify that at least. <laughs> All right. Well, episode three. Yeah, in the books, man. The, three three episodes down, three weeks in a row. That's pretty good. That is really good. We're, we're going strong. We're going to go all the way. Yeah, I'm excited because I'm surprised that we have this many listeners. It's really, really cool. That's a... Uh, it's cool that we just get to have fun like this, and then people get to listen to us and just listen to us having fun. So, I think what it is, I don't think people are tuning in for me, because I think most people that watch this stuff know that the stuff I'm going to say is probably generic. It's stuff that they're thinking in their head already. Mm-hmm. You. I'm the star of the show, You guys. are the star of the <laughs> fucking show. I agree. That's you are the key. You are the key to unlock Pandora's box of okay. fucking horror. Just took somebody that knows nothing about horror movies to make it interesting. I mean, I think that's... I mean, like I said, the joy and feeling I cannot express enough. Watching you watch this movie... Yeah. And seeing your reaction is what brings me to the excitement factor of watching it. I can it. totally get that, though. Like, when you show a, like when I show a movie that I really enjoy, or a TV series that I really enjoy, and somebody else is watching it with me, it's like mm-hmm. I'm watching it through their eyes sometimes, yeah. you know? So you kind of get to... You get that second breath. Yes, it's like, oh, this this is a cool part coming up. I wonder what they're going to think about this. And then you see their reaction. You're like, yeah, that's what I felt too. <laughs> well, episode three, Do My Midnight Podcast. And uh, we're going to go out with Brett's favorite part of the movie of Hellraiser. Yeah, well, what is that? Where he gets ripped apart? The Cinephites find Frank. All right, cool. All right, guys, have a good night. Yeah, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Frank, no. We have to hear it from your own lips. This isn't for your eyes. Set me up. That's so fucking creepy. It is. I like how she just like. Yeah, I said you. The knife falls perfectly on the floor. <laughs> what I always thought was weird is like I thought he was wearing the dad skin. So why is that hurting him going through the skin? Yeah, I don't know exactly. The whole wearing the dad skin I didn't understand either. I love Pinhead's expressionless face as this is happening. It's like, yeah, 
I think that's what makes him more creepy is because he doesn't necessarily even show that he's getting joy out of it or anything. He's just like, this is how it is. And <laughs> the tongue right here. <laughs> Because it has got all the chains in it, it freaking just rips them apart. Oh my god, that's fucking awesome. 